I'm Laura Allen, and this is Hello Thoughts. I love tattoos. I just love everything about them. Even the feeling. Yes, yes, I admit it. Give me the pain. I say that, but as you get older, it definitely hurts worse. Haven't had one in a long time, so I'm sure whenever I exit the building and break free and get one, it's going to hurt like a bitch. But I love them, right? And for for big tattoo people, people that love tattoos, tattoo artists, I'm sure you're going to find this obnoxious. But I was always the type of person that needed some sort of meaning. You know, I needed to to attach my soul to the piece of art that was going on my body. I had to have meaning, which now I completely don't feel that way and would love to be tattooed from my neck down in all kinds of things. Things that mean something, sure, but a bunch of shit that doesn't that I just like. But your girl got bills, so I'm going to go ahead and do that first and take care of all my children's needs. And then maybe one day, one day I'll be all all inked up, just full body suit. So one time I did get something last minute. Usually I, I would think about it and plan it out for for a while. And uh, it was it was big, guys. It was it was a big one. I got like four music notes behind my ear. Music to my ears. I actually was at the diner a couple weeks after I got it. And uh, remember diners like all the time? I don't know about you, but we we were at the diner all the time. I mean, I went there with my parents just because they liked the diner. But then I also was there all the time late night. You could sit there for hours and hours. I mean, they wouldn't kick you out, right? And you needed a minute to kind of get your shit back together. Drink a lot of coffee. Or just sit there. Anyway, the waitress, she came up from behind me and she was like, Oh, I love your tattoo. I, I think uh, I want to say Brooke, I th- so I'll just say Hulk Hogan's. I think I'm going to say Brooke. I think Brooke Ho- Hogan uh, has that same tattoo. I think I just saw that. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. But no regrets. Music to my ears. I love music. Who doesn't love music? I feel like it connects everyone somehow. If you don't love music, I just don't trust you. I don't think you have a heartbeat. Okay, there's nothing there. It's just everything. It could highlight the best moments of your life. It could squash the worst. You know, you put something on and suddenly you're feeling better. It can... Make you cry it out if you have to. It it just does everything you... It makes you shake your ass when you want to shake your ass. Or it makes you shake your ass when you don't want to shake your ass. It just does it all. 
and someone who would agree with me on that. I don't know about the shaking the ass part, but agrees with music and what it does for his soul is my awesome guest of this evening, Chris Ladondo. Thank you so much for coming on, for spending your time with me, for talking with me. Let's talk it out, right? It was really such a rewarding conversation for me. I met Chris a couple years ago through my husband, Taylor, who they are very fond of each other. Okay. <laughs> and I, I uh, met him and obviously, I mean, he's got a great energy, easy to get along with. It's just like, okay, we like you. We're, we're, we're doing this. We're friends. We're acquaintances. Off the bat, you know, it's like easy. But, you know, I only knew him so much. And the last couple of months, we've gotten to know each other a little bit better. And um, he's always kind of in my corner cheering me on, which is so nice of him to, you know, shoot me a message here and there like, oh, keep it up. It's, it's very heartwarming to me. And I explained that to him later on in the show. But it's true, and sometimes those moments happen when you really just kind of need them. It's been a weird, weird year for us all, and uh, just his his uh, feedback has been really very, very nice, and I appreciate that. Obviously, we do our, our little walkthrough, you know. I like to hold people's hand through their whole life, want to hear it all, the beginning, all the good, the bad. And uh, he allowed me to do that. And I, I genuinely appreciate all his strength and and everything it took to get through. He speaks about 9-11. And um, from the bottom of my heart, I just, I really appreciate you sharing that with me and with any of the listeners um it means a, a, a whole whole buttload okay um i can't even imagine you know the layers of feelings just layers after layers after layers to get through with such a hard um moment in time that just lasts and continues and we spoke briefly afterward um, and just kind of touched on the fact that like, you know, he's not sure if that's something he'll ever kind of fully, you think you get over something or you get through something at least. And, you know, you don't know if you're ever going to fully get over something. And, and I think that certain things are just going to be meant to be that way it's it's like it's like a wound a deep wound physically on your body you know you'll always it will heal and it, it will heal up yes it will but you will always have that scar you know and and there will always be times that they, it slips into your mind there's always going to be a time when you you know you look down at your scar and you you look at it and you remember and and that's okay but his way of healing and and looking at such a dark situation and coming out of it um 
meant a lot to me in hearing his ability to kind of do the turnaround, which at a point is is a must, right? It's like survival. You kind of have to kick those wheels into gear because, you know, it's the only way to look at it is to kind of say, what can I do to make this better? And uh, that's what he did. And, you know, he, he made his life meaningful and, you know, he's got a wife and a daughter and, and lots of great friends and an awesome podcast and so much going for him and, and just loving and cherishing all that. Um, I don't know. He, he had a great takeaway from it all and I'm sure it has taken a whole lot out of him. Um, but I appreciate him sharing all of that. Um, I also thought it was great that, you know, right after he explains that kind of like soon after that happened, um, he became good friends with what we now know as the impractical jokers. And hey, I mean, those they, they are just so funny and so great. And I'm so happy for him that they came into his life when they did, because that's just like, okay, a little glimpse at you know, this positive light, it's still there, you know, when we're we're feeling so dark and down, it's like, when those moments happen, it's just such a gift. And uh, I'm very happy that that gift was sent to him, you know, and a lot of good stuff came out of that for him. So that's awesome. And he's got a great podcast, The Hoof with his good friend, Tommy. And, uh, I can't wait to see what goes on next for Chris. And uh, again, I just appreciate him coming on and, and chatting it up with me. It's just a little sliver, I know, of of his life kind of just in a nutshell. But it was definitely something that I'll, I'll think about often and, and I appreciate. So, Chris, thank you. And here's Chris Ladondo. How's it going, Chris? Uh, you know, same old stresses. Oh, yeah. They're, they you? like to just eat you alive, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> day in, day out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, here no we are. <laughs> you, you ready to rock? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little nervous, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't you be nervous. So I'm very excited to welcome a new a new friend, right? A new friend, uh, sweet, funny, talented, among many other things, Christopher Chris Ladondo. How are hey, you? Hey there. I made it. I was telling uh, Taylor yesterday that um, I texted him. I said, uh, I finally made it to podcast stardom. I'm going to be on Hello Thoughts. <laughs> I'm nervous. Any advice? <laughs> did he give you any he said uh don't worry you should be fine you know <laughs> uh you'll so, be okay yeah. i don't fight i promise i uh, yes yes i i'm i'm a little nervous but you know the guests that you have had uh up until now um <laughs> were really uh were amazing people so i i was you know i was thinking to myself i'm like man 
this is going to ruin her podcast. Oh, this might please. not even air. Don't be so <laughs> modest. I'm excited to get to the bottom of, uh, you know, some uh, things that make you you because you're awesome. And I, I've grown very fond of you, Chris Ladondo. I'm curious, right from the thanks. jump, saying your last name, um, do people mispronounce it? And how do they? Oh, it's a story. What, what do they say? A st- story of my life. Um, <laughs> Did I mispronounce I've heard everything. It? No, no, not at all. It's it's actually, it's pronounced Lao Dondo, I guess, because it's like, Latin, it's Lao. So okay. like when you think of when somebody graduates, somebody somebody graduates like summa cum laude, like Lao Dondo is like part of that verb or something. Gotcha. Okay. Like the, so, so, so how do yeah. they chop it up? What's the what's the most I, common I hear, chop up? Lodando, uh, lumbar. I mean, I've gotten things that don't even like Lombardo. It's like that's not <laughs> not even in the you know there's, that's not even it. Yeah, um, there's there's no M. Uh, there's no M. No, there's it's no M. It's L A U D A N D O, and some people are confused how to pronounce that. Um, all right. So we're going to dive into, uh, we'll, we'll jump right from the start of, of you, you know, where did you grow up? Uh, so I was born in, uh, Brooklyn, New York in Brooklyn Heights. And I lived in Brooklyn in Dyka Heights for about a year or so before moving overseas to Staten Island. Okay. which a lot of people did, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, which a lot of people from Brooklyn do. Um, and I grew up in Staten Island and I'm still there. Unfortunately, I've <laughs> lived in different parts of Staten Island yeah. over the years. Um, and I then years later, I got my own co-op on the North shore of Staten Island, which is by Manhattan by mm-hmm. the ferry terminal. And currently now I live in the middle part of the Island. So I've been, you know, all over you, you, you hopped know. around a little bit i hopped around, around a, a little bit yeah 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 okay so um were your parents from brooklyn or yeah my parents are from brooklyn um most of my pretty much all my family is from brooklyn mm-hmm. and i guess when they made the jump over um my dad has two uh, two brothers an older brother and a younger brother uh, one went to long island and the other one remained in brooklyn and mm-hmm. my mom has two uh sisters fraternal twins and they eventually came over to staten island in walking distance uh at times uh from where i grew up and did they have kids like your age or yeah they had uh, well i was the i was the oldest uh then they had uh them one one aunt had four kids and then the other my other aunt had two okay so a nice little little crew you had going on yeah yeah definitely yeah, it's kind of nice having like cousins, I feel like your age, right? Yeah. Growing up and it just, it's, it's, it's different than a sibling. You, do you have any siblings? I do have a younger sister. Um, uh, she's about six years, she's six years younger than me. Oh, okay. And uh, she, she lives on Staten Island too. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she wants to get off of Staten Island. I think she wants to move to New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Six six years so, apart is is you know, it, it's oh, yeah. a significant difference in age, right? Like you're, you're going through way different things growing up and, and kind of like witnessing things <laughs> you're, you're like in the same household, but just feelings are different around things and all, all that. So you were the oldest of like your cousins and, and your sibling. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I was the oldest of the cousins uh, on like my mom's like side of the mm-hmm. family. My dad, uh, his older brother had two, had two sons, uh, which I don't really don't get to see. Um, mm-hmm. They're older than me. Okay, but on like my older. mom's side of the family. Yeah. My, on that my we're mom's living side, in like I'm Staten like, Island. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm the oldest one. I yeah, was the experiment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about growing up. You know, in everybody Staten was Island. trying to be a mom with me first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was the school so, like guess, small? Um, no, I went to public school. So the schools were big. Okay. Like when, for example, for for in high school, when I went, you know, when I graduated high school, the graduating class was 991 students in the senior class. Wow. So yeah. And that particular high school, Tottenville high school, there was a lot of like, like athletes that came out of that school and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of those baseball players, uh, baseball player, Jason Marquis, which I'm sure Taylor would know. Yeah. Uh, he, um, I'm sitting here like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't even follow sports anymore, but like at the time, you know, when I was younger, I did a big deal. Uh, they were was like he football players. Yeah. He replaced uh, this guy, John Rocker on the Atlanta Braves. And then eventually went to, I think the, the Cardinals and played in the world series. Oh shit. With, with the Boston Red Sox with the, when Boston won the world series finally, in you know, so many years he pitched against them and lost against them. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he's from Staten Island. I think he still lives out there. Um, so yeah, public schools, um, I went to public school from, uh, kindergarten all the way up to graduate school. Like, you know, mm-hmm. went to college, went to the college of Staten Island, uh, part of the city university of New York. Uh, uh, got, you know, associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, and eventually I got a master's degree. So I, I'm a public school kid through and through. Yeah. Was your um, like your parents moving from Brooklyn over to Staten Island? Was that because of work or they wanted to get you in a different atmosphere? I think um, because growing up, I guess, in Brooklyn, you know, you're living in like like apartments and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That was an opportunity back then in the 70s to own a home, um, you know, have a pool in your backyard Mm -hmm. eventually and all that stuff. And uh staten island is staten island is i guess it's it's more it's it's part of the city but it's more like suburban like there's no skyscrapers in staten island yeah uh, yeah but there's like you know there's like a half a million it's like a half a million people out here and it's only like 15 miles long yeah um but it's a little bit it's a little bit slower than the rest of the city yeah yeah is there like I've actually never yeah. I went to Staten Island for I, I think Taylor did like some recording there. So I went with him, but we never really went to any sort of downtown area. Is there like a whole strip of couple strips of what would you kind of like compare it to? Well, Is it bigger than Asbury? Like that um, downtown area? Did Well, the boardwalk actually on Staten Island, I think it's one of the longest boardwalks on the East Coast, okay. believe it or not. Yeah. Because um, when you think of boardwalks, you think of the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Um, uh, years ago, there was rides and amusement parks on Staten Island. Um, up until I was a little kid, there was like this one last uh, amusement park 
uh, that had rides for kids and stuff. Then it closed down. But years before that, like if you look at old historical like pictures of, of Staten mm-hmm. Island, it looked like like uh, Coney Island back in the day. There was like okay. tons of ho- there was hotels and, and everything. Yeah. Um, but that was, you know, like 100 years ago, over 100 yeah, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say Staten Island's very odd. Like there, there's definitely a mason dixon line in staten island like there's mm-hmm. a north and a south you know yeah. there's there's it's a very um it's it's the, to give you an idea politically it's the only part of the city that trump won right right <laughs> right so i'm surrounded like by trump flags right now where i Oof. live and, yeah. yeah it's pretty it's pretty tough yeah but the north shore of staten island is is more i would say it's diverse mm-hmm. uh, with uh you know with race and also right. with more uh, culture soci- and more culture and yeah. social economic too like there's very mm-hmm. rich people up there like old money there's also poor people up there yeah yeah whereas in the south shore there's more like there's middle class upper middle class and you know blue collar mm-hmm. stuff yeah but, but the north shore is a mix of everything but yeah. also old, but also old money right right um so one day uh, I'm getting out there. I'm going to, I'm going to check I, it out. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. <laughs> That's almost why I want to. I feel like it's, it's people, very weird. People it's, like complain about it a little bit. Like when it, it's weird. It's like, yeah. if you've ever seen the movie, like growing up, it was an old film, a mm-hmm. comedy called uh, easy money with uh, Rodney Dangerfield and Joe Pesci. It yeah. takes place on Staten Island and yeah. it's so Staten Island. Yeah. <laughs> like every, whoever wrote that, knew about yeah. stuff and uh, they're, they're it has to change since 1982 yeah. <laughs> so so no progression there not um, really <laughs> uh it's it's kind of it's it's yeah i gotta get out of here it's basically what i'm saying <laughs> one day one so let's day. talk about your your progression so you were you know just just a wee lad in uh growing up in staten island what what were you getting into were you getting into trouble were you being being good were you really uh, i was cool what were you up to i i was always a like a good kid i would never get into trouble but i was friends with the trouble maker Makers. kids yeah. i knew like a lot of kids where like um you know, their dads were in the mafia because this mafia oh. is big out here too back in the day. Sure. Yeah. So I knew those kids and they were trouble. Um, and then I was friends with the people I grew up with on my block. They were good kids too. So we were never really, you know, we we're never really bad. We played a lot of sports outside. It was a big park uh, across the street from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And we would just play sports nonstop. I mean, to the point where, like all day long where when the sun like when you couldn't see the ball physically in front of your face with baseball and you would somebody would say all right let's go it's it's dark oh you yeah. forfeit you forfeit we won like yeah. it would be like that like would yeah, see yeah, who, yeah. Who, who no one stay wanted to cave. no one wanted to cave so yeah. uh so that was that was pretty much how how it was as a kid i mean i was yeah. a, i was always a little bit different i would say because i liked things that weren't necessarily that mainstream at the time like I was big into skateboarding Mm -hmm. and I would a buddy of mine we would we would we would skateboard it was like back then it was like a handful of skateboarders 
right it wasn't too everybody yeah so we were into like skating we were building half pipes and you know things like that uh you know i was into filmmaking i always had a video camera with me and stuff i, I always had dreams of wanting to work for for disney one day yeah um and so i was always into things that were not exactly you know mainstream or hadn't caught on yet you know, right so you or, were kind of like in that creative mindset too i i was but i definitely wasn't the most creative person i'd say in some like when i think of the, the creative people that I hung out with, they mm-hmm. were just amazing. Like, and I was just kind of like a bystander. Like I created stuff. But yeah. When I, when I look at, but when I kind of found the other creative people, I would always be like in awe of them because they were just like, wow, these guys got something special, you know? Right. I can't so compare to this. You were attracted to it. Um, it sounds to me like, is, I mean, we'll get there because I, I feel like you're, you're definitely, um, uh, artistic and you have all that but it sounds to me like a, a little a little confidence might be oh yeah I hate, uh, yeah, yeah that, confidence that, which is it's on my list for you later so my list oh man we'll, we'll talk oh my about god. it <laughs> oh my god i just showed that him the list. list he's scared he showed now. me the list i'm definitely so, scared okay so you were you were um you were really active and you had your circle of friends the the troublemakers i'm curious you know just because i have no idea of what it's like to um be surrounded by kids that were you know uh dealing with um parents that were in the mob and all that was it hard to kind of like be acquaintances and kind of stay detached from it or was it like when you kind of gave him a smile you were in like you got yeah it was you were i mean I mean, there were, there's definitely FBI tapes that I'm on as a child. Like, you know, holy one of them, hell. Yeah, it has, it has to be because yeah. I remember in one particular person, kid, every time we would leave his house, there would always be a car outside. Yeah. And this was like several years before, like John Gotti and those guys got busted. Yeah. Because like the FBI and the police were building cases on these guys for years. They're like wiretapping right. and stuff. Right. And, um, that's just how it was like just how, yeah. how Staten Island was back then. Um, yeah. I don't know so much how it is like that anymore. I mean, now they all have TV shows, right? Right. These people, which, you know, back then you, you, if you were involved in things like that, you, the last thing you'd want to do is, is advertise it. Right. So yeah. That's which is kind interesting. Of, yeah. And that's what kind of brought a lot of that type of world down back in the day because they would dress flashy they would buy fancy stuff mm-hmm. um and that's what eventually came to the downfall they attracted too much attention and you know and that's that like right it, right i remember my my mom would tell me because my mom's neighborhood was totally all mafia like when mm-hmm. she grew up in brooklyn and the people that ran it were they looked like peasants yeah, you know, they wore yeah. just regular clothes and they, you don't want to advertise right, uh, right. that you, you know, um, that's just how it was growing up. So, so being interviewed by the FBI was just no big deal. Oh, I didn't get interviewed by the FBI. I'm saying we're on surveillance. Tapes. Oh, oh, I yeah, see. I definitely I as see. kids. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. OK, I got. Yeah, you. we were definitely probably on surveillance tapes, like from a particular house. I'm oh, mention. OK, gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Like I would go in the basement and play with my friend and <laughs> there would be like sawed off shotguns everywhere. Be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, my dad's a hunter. Like they yeah. would be like. They were building like, you know, they were making guns smaller. So it's like, right, right. Okay. 
yeah, yeah that doesn't look weird i mean you know i'm a kid like what, what am i you know yeah you must be a hunter yeah <laughs> uh, you know in the pain on mine now i'd be this friggin i would run the other way i became yeah. more afraid as an adult than a, you know as a child <clears throat> but um it's funny i was actually just thinking the other day like when you're a kid i feel like you there is still this intuition and this like gut instinct though you know like so where when you were in those situations did you ever I don't know. Did you get that overwhelming feeling like, okay, it's time to leave now. I got to go. Or you were just rolling with it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think as I got older and being around certain things, mm-hmm. I would always be like, yeah, I'm going to go. I, I was a good kid. <laughs> I wasn't involved in any, any bad stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was very fearful of authority back then. Like, you mm-hmm. know, now not so much. Yeah. Uh, older because ass but <laughs> back then I, I think it was probably because i didn't want to get in trouble with my mom or my parents you know i didn't want to let anybody down yeah um that's so, that's a big thing was, like that weighs on you right like that's, that's what i hope you know being a parent now because i didn't let that um you know that didn't play for me too much so i'm hoping that just your children don't want to disappoint you maybe yeah, totally. And right. uh, I didn't want to disappoint. Yeah. You know, the, you know my, uh, my, 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 my parents, my mom, fam, especially. Yeah. 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 Uh, very close with, you know, with my mom. I definitely didn't want to uh, get her, you know, upset. <laughs> yeah. Pull at the heartstrings. Yeah. So um, school wise, were you like, really, did you kind of see a path for yourself? Like you knew what you were going I, for as you I, got into high school i always wanted to be since uh i want to say maybe maybe grade school mm-hmm. i wanted to be a movie director okay you know, i wanted yeah. to be a filmmaker um and when when did you start like you were saying that you would like walk around with a videotape and stuff video cam- did, uh, yeah my dad was always into photography and had you know whatever the latest video camera was when we would go on vacations, you would take the camera back then you would carry part of the VCR on your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And it was connected to this huge camera. So it was like this, you know, you look like a CNN news crew walking yeah. around Disney world with like this crazy stuff. So um, I would use like, you know, my dad's cameras uh, play around with that stuff. And mm-hmm. in sixth grade, which middle school, um, there was a TV productions class and I chose that and got to, you know, use uh, broadcast quality cameras and yeah. editing and stuff like that. And got really into it. Yeah. That's young um, too. To yeah, offer that. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was pretty cool. So I did that for three years and then they had it in high school. Um, and then in high school and the time that, you know, I'm, I'm 43 Mm-hmm. So when I went to high school, it was in the early 90s. I went to high school from 91 to 95. And, and mm-hmm. if, you're a, if you're a film and music fan, that was a really great time in cinema uh, and yeah. music history as far as uh, independent film. Like, that's mm-hmm. the, you know, that's when the before we knew Harvey Weinstein was a, was a creep. You know, <laughs> Mir- Miramax Films was like you wanted to work for them, like movies sure. like Clerks. Um, Pulp Fiction, you know, all those yeah. type of those films were coming out. They were just 
it was it was just like a um, like a renaissance and the yeah. music the music back then uh for me i was very uh in love with what was coming out of seattle at the time mm-hmm. um nirvana soundgarden and chains pearl jam all those bands uh you know to this day i listen to them every day yeah talk um, about impact right oh yeah i mean I, I when i think of music in the arts in general but like music is me through life like when i think of you know if i'm upset or thinking about something there's always that song to go back to and it just kind of like makes you not feel alone mm-hmm. so for me i hold in high regard the the musicians and artists that i that i follow um you know i take them i take it very seriously when it comes yeah. to music uh, yeah and i'm loyal to them too whereas like you know i'll buy all the albums even if like maybe this one's not that good but yeah. i'll buy it anyway because you know the kids gotta eat you know yeah. <laughs> so let me <laughs> yeah. just make sure you know, let me make sure I, I shell out some money yeah. out of respect. They, they were there for me. So I'm going to be exactly. there for them. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel about it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So music and 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 film um, was big for me, particularly like when I was a kid, we would go. I was very fortunate as a kid to go to Disney World mm-hmm. uh, every year with my parents and my family, you know, my, my yeah, and eventually my major. sister. Yeah, it was major. And I wanted to work for them. And I kind of fell in love with the whole idea of the types of movies that they made, where mm-hmm. it was always about like the outsider, the underdog. Yeah. Um, it's something that for me, you know, you look at a bunch of their, a lot of their films and it really is the same story over and over again, but with just, you know, different plots, whatever, but mm-hmm. it's always that, you know, it's always kind of um, overcoming something like, mm-hmm. you know, like loss uh, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, persevering in the end. I mean, those are the type of films that I loved and what always wanted to to make, you know, if yeah. I, if I could, yeah. Um, so like, I'm a huge Disney fan, even with their like serious type films, like you know when they make like, uh, um, you know, like independent films, like because they mm-hmm. own other things besides you know the families stuff. Right, so I right. always, I always, I always, you know, I like a lot of you know that stuff on Star Wars, of course, which oh, is like well. life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, studies put it this way. I mean, did you do you are you into it like Taylor is? I, I, well, I I have become. I'm a newcomer <clears throat> to the, to the whole Star Wars thing. You know, I'm I'm doing this with Ruby now, but, and I, I I enjoy it. I have to say. So, like, even like with Star Wars, before it was a, a really good path for them to actually be part of Disney because mm-hmm. I always knew because Disney is a good curator of of things. Like, if you're an artist, if you're you know anything a musician whatever and if they like um you work for them like your your work will live forever yeah yeah it will it'll be heard by millions of people long after you're gone right um when i think of star wars that's probably like my first hero in in fiction was you know luke skywalker mm-hmm. you know and uh you know his journey is pretty amazing and but then when then like years later you find out that really that story was about darth vader right about was about a about a it was about a boy who you know had a really bad upbringing you know was good became bad because he lost someone that he you know Mm -hmm. that he loved whatever and then became good again right right so 
when I think about um, uh, when I th it's 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 you know it's, it's it's weird to I guess it's not weird but uh, when I think about like life I kind of compare things with Star Wars because like even Darth Vader became the good guy at the end you know spoiler mm -hmm. alert you know if you haven't seen it uh, but it's like uh, it's it's uh, it's good to see that people can you know can change like no mm -hmm. matter how far down the road you go you can you can turn around and come back sure sure um, so i'll give you i was thinking of uh uh i was i think i told taylor this i might have i'm not sure yeah i think i did on, on a show so like the past year has been crazy you know uh with mm -hmm. the pandemic and you know family stuff for me uh, mm -hmm. and my mom has been you know been sick and she yeah this and that so i was uh, did you see all of the mandalorian are you up to date with everything no not the latest season uh, no i watched oh the boy. first and i can't die then i can't even tell you I, oh, I, I, no. I, I can't tell you the story you, then you can you can no, i don't want to spoil it i don't want to spoil. it's too good <laughs> just put it this way it's so good that I wanted to get out a cry recently and I yeah. watched the season finale again, again, just to, to, cause Star Wars is about hope. Right. And that's something that we all need right now. Sure. And I watched the finale. For the love of God. Yes. And I watched that season finale and you'll understand when you, when you, when you oh, finally you just, see it, it was just yeah, like, I gotta see it. it was so unbelievable that it was like, I can't even put it into words. So yeah, make sure you, you, you watch. The yeah, I will. <laughs> you know, uh, see Taylor started to watch it before we did. Cause we watched the first season with Ruby and then he, he kind of wanted to see if it was okay for her to watch the second season. And he said it was a little too much. So I, mm -hmm. I ended up missing out on that, but yeah, um, I will have to watch it. So does yeah, that great. mean, does that mean that you need to, like, can you cry on your own or do, do you, you need, cause you said you wanted to get a good cry out. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. But I just needed to feel like, to um, feel something along with the cry. Yeah. Just to kind of like feel hopeful, like yeah. a good, like a good yeah. cry. Oh, a good cry. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. I, re I remember at the, it was uh, when the new first new star Wars came out. Uh, uh, was it the, uh, a force awakens which i know a lot of people have problems with the new star mm -hmm. wars stuff but like you know i'm loyal i you know yeah, I, yeah. I, I to me it could they can do no wrong i Long remember live star yeah, wars, Long right. star wars and you know whoever <laughs> but like i remember um at the time i was at the job i had it was just like i was just going through like so much stress that I went to see it again. Like I took a day off from work and yeah. I found that it was playing, still playing. And it was, wasn't even playing on Staten Island. It was playing somewhere <laughs> in New Jersey that I like some theater. I'd never been to New Jersey. I just had to see it. And I sat and watched it just to yeah. get hope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and just to need a recharge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm a mess basically <laughs> bottom line, you know? Well, you know what though? I, I appreciate that you, like there is something that can give that and serve that to you though. Cause yeah. sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to come by that feeling yeah, yeah. of hope. So it's a good yeah. thing. It's a good yeah. thing. So, so you were on this, this kind of kick where you were, you know, really super attached to music and the idea of film and all of that. Mm. So where that was in your earlier um, high school days, yeah. right? 
middle school into high school yeah. and then what went on after that so i guess during high school i mean i i picked up a guitar and i taught myself how to play guitar but i never played in a band like you know mm -hmm. i would jam out with people in like uh you know like a rehearsal space and things like that but yeah. it was mostly just me sitting on my bed at night playing by myself mm -hmm. and i taught myself and then you know just pretty much kept it to myself <clears throat> then um i went to college for like two weeks mm -hmm. and dropped out wasn't for me but yeah. before that i got a, a job at a film studio on staten island that opened oh. a tv studio that had opened and mm -hmm. i got a job there <clears throat> and there wasn't much play going on there we did some commercial stuff and uh infomercials the guy who owned it was was kind of a, a hard person to he didn't really have good social skills but yeah he was like this really rich guy who who this was his hobby so okay. he, he had like this major television studio and recording studio like the jerky boy you know the jerky boys are mm -hmm. yeah they they like did like in the recording studio that there was an audio department and they did like the post-production for the second cd or something there whatever okay so we had like some things going on in there but there was really you know if you if you wanted to to become a filmmaker you really have to go into manhattan and you know right. whatever yeah but you know i was this was like i was 1995 96 yeah. you know there was no internet that you know that you can connect with people there's no social media like you really had to have hustle. the hustle right <laughs> yeah, which you yeah. know for my whole life i was pretty much sheltered you know by my parents and they didn't know much about that stuff i mean my my uncle was a photographer for many years he still takes pictures whatever but he was a professional photographer mm -hmm. and you know worked in the arts and it was a hard struggle and you know my dad was a uh, was a wall street guy okay uh, loved the arts but was like you gotta get something that's gonna pay you know, sure whatever. yeah so if anything i was just kind of discouraged from doing that stuff yeah. not so much now anymore my dad's like you never know it's like right. yeah why don't you say this to me like 25 years ago <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah yeah so, you know but yeah. uh you know but but being a concerned dad yeah parent, like, yeah just trying to tear himself so i uh i went to school for two weeks college dropped out and this got a job working in this studio mm -hmm. and um you know was there for a little bit then they kind of like i went back then i went back to school eventually because i want to be a police officer okay uh, I, vol I volunteered in the um the auxiliary police with the nypd that mm -hmm. like if you know so the if you're familiar with like an Asbury Park, like the specials, you ever mm -hmm. see those yeah. police? Yeah, so, it's so like, like a class two kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, it's okay. kind of like that, but not exactly. Like those people, they get paid. And they yeah. also, I think some of them at certain levels carry firearms. A lot of those people, I think, are school teachers that in their off, you know, summer, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll go and do that to uh, make extra income, whatever. Mm -hmm. With the NYPD, it's totally voluntary. So you don't carry a firearm. You have oh. a you have everything else but the firearm and, you know, mm -hmm. a shield that, you know, is a little bit different. And, you know, the, eye, the, the patches on the uniform is a, just got auxiliary above, you know, the police department logo, whatever. Right. So I did that for a couple of years and uh, was interested about law enforcement, but mm -hmm. you, what, what you needed back then, which I think you still do, you needed like 60 college credits to be a cop in, in New York. City. Yeah. 
in thinking that, okay, I'm going to get these 60 credits. I'm going to become a cop and whatever. And then eventually I was in school and kind of fell in love with school and learning and, you know, and, yeah. you know, the, all the teachers that I met and it was amazing, you know, were I, you, an, an did awakening. you start, um, going beca- for criminal justice or something? No, I, or I, went you for, went- I went for sociology and anthropology, oh, okay. which can be tied to, to that, but, yeah. uh, but it was like an awakening. Like mm-hmm. I was never a, like, you know, uh, a student, like I became a student in college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and loved was it. was it like that one professor or you just there was kinda... a few there yeah. was a couple of those one professors there was an english professor there was a sociology professor uh you know there was uh, an italian professor you know yeah. they, they there was so many people that you know enriched my life you know that uh it was like oh my god yeah, you know, That's it, great. I, I yeah, yeah, it's it's so yeah. amazing, uh, and um, I eventually, you know, graduated with a bachelor's degree mm-hmm. in sociology, and I was in, and I was two years behind. Remember, I I, I took two years off, so that right, was in right. two thousand and one. Yeah, summer of two thousand one. At the time, I had you know ditched the idea of getting into law enforcement. I was thinking about maybe doing something in like. I don't know what my dad does in brokerage. Yeah. Yeah. And I worked as a, uh, I worked in a a recruitment firm for people to help get people jobs in finance. Mm -hmm. And then they eventually got me a job in, in brokerage. And it was um, like a a block or two away from where we were. It was in the uh, one world financial center. Um, Yeah. So that was, so I got hired for that on August 8th, 2001. Wow. And it was across the street from the World Trade Center, directly across the street from the world, the Twin Towers. Right. And then we know what happened the next month. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I got a front row seat of, yeah. of the day the world turned, uh, you know, upside down. Um, yeah, it was really, uh, it was very bad. Um, you know, I was in the building, uh, across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in an international settlements department. So I, I would actually have to be at work earlier because we would be on the phone with like Europe and things like that. And yeah. they're like five hours ahead. So I remember sitting at my desk and my desk faced windows that face the world trade center so the view of manhattan was blocked by the world trade center across the street right right so i remember sat down i remember what i had like a a thing like a ritual i would you know i took the ferry uh for you know from staten island and then you can take a train like one or two stops to that area but i would always walk i like to walk i'm a walker so i would walk up broadway make a left on Liberty street. And I remember you can actually touch the, the tower. So I'd always like, like touch it. Like I would always like feel, put my hand across it. Yeah. Like, oh, look at the world trade center. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, wow, this is yeah. the tallest building in the world. I'm like touching yeah. it with my hand, yeah. you know? And I would then go across the street over the West side highway into my building, which was one world financial center. And those buildings kind of like hugged the world trade center. If you look at them, like, yeah. in, like pictures and stuff, they're like right mm-hmm. there at the foot. Um, and, uh, I uh, I was sitting at my uh, 
my my desk and I hear like this hollow exploding sound like you know like um the best way to describe it is on the fourth of your life you ever see people when they light mortars like in those big like mortar shells that mm-hmm. like that hollow yeah. like yeah pop. yeah i hear that and then i hear my 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 boss like cursing what the fuck you know what is that yeah. and yeah, like a bunch of debris crashes up against my window it was oh like look like insula- look like insulation yeah and i stand up and i walk to the window and I'm looking up, you know, cause I can't see the Manhattan. I'm it's blocked by the world trade center. And I see like right. this big hole in, in, uh, in one of the towers, but oh little did God. I know it was that first plane came from the North came from Boston, Logan airport. So what I was looking at was actually the back. Right. Right. Building blown out. So I remember walking and it was so quiet because nobody was really in the office yet it was just yeah. quiet and you're just looking yeah. at, like you're just across the street looking at like like hell the real like hell but like it's silent yeah. it's like so but yeah. i'm yeah. up against so i'm like up to glimpse the glass with my like one of my supervisors and he's like holy shit and then i start looking up and i just start seeing like things falling down and i hear like down the hall for me because other people were looking yeah i hear screaming and what i didn't realize what i was looking at was people jumping oh my like, god and they yes. were jumping you know out yeah it was it was really bad i remember um <clears throat> you saw a lot of people jumping like you saw people yeah. jumping holding hands oh my god and uh i, we, I don't have to talk about this if you don't want me to talk about oh, it no. it's too much no uh, okay yeah, it's kind I mean, of yeah you're comfortable <laughs> yeah yeah i mean so yeah it was, it was a, almost 20 years ago now it's, it's, yeah um so i i um my boss comes out because we were told that it might have been a gas line explosion because where it took place yeah was was known to have this very it was canafigs gerald the company had a, a very large uh, uh dining area and they yeah. thought it was maybe something happening there. Oh. Then we heard it might have been a small prop plane that crashed in there or whatever. Not knowing that the other side of the building was this huge, like, you know, but right. we didn't see it. We right. just saw like a slash. Yeah. What we saw and, fl- and flames and smoke coming out of it. But on the other side was this huge gaping hole that we didn't see until right. later when I got home to watch it right. on the news. Um, and I remember, uh, what do you call? I remember... Um, my boss saying, why don't you guys, you know, call your families, let everybody know you're okay. And at yeah. the time, my dad, you know, my dad worked in Wall Street, you know, forever. And he used to work downtown. But at that time, he worked midtown. He was on like 51st Street and Park Avenue. And I called him. I'm like, hey, dad, um, yeah. you'll never believe it. A plane hit the World Trade Center. He's like, yeah. get the hell out of here. I'm like, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, it's, it's crazy. Um yeah, I just wanted to let you know. So I'm, I'm okay. He's like, all right, give me a call. Let me know if you know anything. I hang up the phone with him. I walk to the window again. I'm, you know, looking, I'm in front of it, watching, you know, burning and, you know, there's bodies in the West Side Highway, like on the floor. Yeah. See, these are the things that, like, I always tell people when you watched it on the news and whatever, you got a very sanitized version of it. Of course. Yeah. You didn't yeah. see what I saw and the people that saw it that day. It was right. very, you got a very guarded version of it. 
Right. And then I remember right after I hung up and I walked to the window, all of a sudden I saw the second plane with my own eyes come in. Yeah. Like, like this. And it just, at the last second, you hear him, the guy gun it, like, you know, and it's just went like right into, like it went right to the building. And I remember I turned my head and like my ears went deaf. Like I didn't hear any sound. Oh I just God. turned and I said, a second plane hit. Like I was yelling at the people. Yeah. I was like, get out of here. I ran. Yeah. I had this satchel from high school and all through college with me. And I left it on my desk. It was kind of sentimental to me. And I left it and it, it got lost, you know, there. But, you know, whatever. I mean, but it was just something I always thought of. I, kind of, yeah. I had this bag. But um, I remember running to an exit sign now i was new and yeah i didn't know where to where the exits were i just know yeah, the elevator where, yeah where to go, go. Right, so right. if anybody's listening to this seriously you know if you're ever in a building whatever know your exits because this yeah. is why yeah um i remember opening doors to stairs that said exit and they only went up oh my god i was like holy shit yeah and, um I'm like, if they hit the World Trade Center, I'm in the World Financial Center across the street. Right. We might be next. Right. Right. So I, 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 um, I ran to to the elevator. I mean, we weren't that high up, but I went in. the The elevator the elevator opens up. There's a bunch of people in there. The doors close, and I'll never forget this. Like a guy next to me is like. There's too many people in here. This elevator is not going anywhere. I thought I was going to die in the elevator. I was like, this is, I'm going to die in a fucking elevator. Oh my and, God. you know, the elevator is going down and we finally make it to um, the bottom uh, in the lobby and we run out. Now we're running out where we normally run to, which is towards the towers to get, that's the traditional way, the main exit. And security right, is kind right. of like directing us, go this way, go to the back of the building. Yeah. And as we're running here, like, you know, all like steel and everything's like falling from the ground, you know? Um, So I run towards the West, like towards the water. So I kind of like, and I go south towards the Staten Island Ferry, but I'm hugging like the shore because I want to be able to see my surroundings, like know what's going on. Um, Because who the hell knows if there's going to be more of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I make it down to the Staten Island Ferry and I see this is they've redone it the the ferry terminal since then but it used to be like this double decker like it used to be like this big ramp mm-hmm. uh and then a bottom level and it was packed with people on both and it was yeah. closed it was closed and next door to it was oh my god like as door, you were approaching it as i was approaching yeah. it it was closed yeah. and right next to it was a coast is a coast guard uh, base and the coast guard there was one coast guardsman staying out front basically yelling at people to stay off federal property because we yeah. were all like moving close to the shore because you know at this point like if you know new york city like the ferry terminals in like by battery park city and that's like several blocks away from the tower but right. these things were huge right you know we're huge um so all of a sudden like i then i'm thinking i gotta get out of here like, right. I, I don't know, like my cell phone at the time was just getting voicemail. I couldn't dial out. So I saw that yeah. people were trying to call me. Right, right. And uh, I um, I thought about walking back up towards the towers and going over the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm like, all right, maybe I can just run back uptown, 
you know, up Broadway and then cut across to uh, the Brooklyn Bridge and go to Brooklyn because I got to get out of Manhattan. Yeah. And just when I thought that, just thought about that, I heard, you know, a noise I'll never forget. And it was the sound of the building falling, the first one falling. Oh my God. Yeah. And uh, then all of a sudden the, the ferry doors, boom, they open up like, and everybody rushes onto the boat. Wow. So, so I get onto the boat and something that I've never saw in my life before, um, everybody had a life preserver out. These, these life preservers were under the seat. Like you would never, right. like people would right. never touch them. Like there's all yeah. roaches and rats in the day. Nobody's going in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so every, everything, every... you know, everybody had a, a freaking life preserver in their hand. Yeah. And I remember seeing like these kids that I used to ride the ferry with in the morning. Um, and there was this one young woman, probably like 21 yeah. you know, years old at the time, whatever. Crying hysterically yeah. crying like on the floor like hold it on to this guy's leg yeah and i was like is she okay like you know whatever and she, right. he goes she doesn't have a life preserver so i just like just handed her mine and she kind of yeah. like grabbed it and like yeah. you know like in yeah. a panic yeah and uh we the boat takes off and we're in dust we're in a cloud of dust so you can't see anything Ahead. around you right yeah right or so, behind or any which no way. you can yeah. see anything behind yet yeah. as we pull out we finally see the statue like we saw the statue of liberty and then we kind of yeah. like thought like okay the statue of liberty still there i guess you know right. we're okay right and then right. when we got closer to um Staten island i remember turning around and you hear another noise and it was the other building falling down oh my god yeah but when we get and then it's funny because then when i got to staten island uh, I remember running onto Staten Island and I saw this f old fireman I used to hang out with at a bar years ago. He was a captain. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, John, he's like, Hey man, I was like, you okay? He's like, yeah, I lost a lot of, a lot of people today. Uh, yeah. They just knew like they nobody knew, knew anything right. like yet. It was just still happy. He's like, I, I lost a lot of people today. Yeah. I was like, uh, I'm so sorry. Like I turned and I turned around I'm saying to myself, Oh, the buildings, they didn't, they didn't fall down, but right. it's just the familiarity, like your eyes playing a trick. It's just a vapor of like the two buildings there. Yeah. But it was like a mushroom cloud over Manhattan. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember eventually um, uh, there's a train that I didn't want to get in at a train. Like I, I was paranoid. I, you know, I could have took a train back home, but it was I just don't want to be near where there was a lot of people. Yeah. Like I thought yeah. like, it'd be targeted. So I need to use a phone. I, I found um, a, a phone in this apartment building. I called like my grandmother at the time who, you know, was alive. Uh, mm -hmm. I called and I, and she answered the phone crying like, hello. Like she knew cause she'd always watch yeah. TV. Yeah. And I was like, nanny, I was like, nanny, I'm, I'm alive. And then she yeah. was crying. And then, you know, and then I made oh, my way towards my girlfriend at the time who was now my wife was mm -hmm. working at um, at a uh, Montessori school. She was a Montessori school teacher at the time. Mm -hmm. And I went to her and we, you know, drove, you know, picked her up and we drove at it. It was complete craziness. Um, so at the time, my, my parents were divorced. Mm -hmm. They would eventually get back together. But at the time, I really didn't talk to my, my dad that much. Like I was kind of like, you know, mad with him and whatever yeah. and he would always like say like you know before that before that he'd be like all right i love you i'll talk to you I'm like oh, yeah yeah see you yeah 
Yeah. And then I remember when I got to call him. Yeah. He thought I was dead. Like he thought he watched the, the towers fall. He thought I right. was standing there, you know, yeah. and died because they had yeah. all these TVs on at his job. Yeah. And he thought I died. He thought yeah. he watched me die on TV. And when I and he told me, he's like, I thought you were gone. I was like, no, I'm here. And he's like, I, I go, I'm heading home. He's like, okay. He's like, I love you. I was like, I love you, Dad. Yeah. Because for a second, I felt like what he was feeling, like being able to lose a child. You know, this was long before I had, you know, a kid or whatever. But I kind of felt, you know, um, what he might have been, what he might have been going through. The significance of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so um, and obviously, you know, I was very lucky. There were people that weren't lucky that day. There were people that lost family and friends and, and, and horrible things. And years later, people died from, from being sick over the year from, from from it. I mean, so much loss. So I was extremely lucky. The people that I knew that died were people from my past growing up. There was one particular guy who worked at the studio that I worked Mm -hmm. at. He was a fireman. Uh, He would work, you know, and as a side gig, he would work in the studio uh, that I worked in and he died. He was a, he was a yeah. firefighter. He wasn't even supposed to be working that day. He ran in there to help and yeah, never came home. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think f- that day kind of, I mean, obviously it, 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 it did a lot of bad things <clears throat> for people in the long run. It definitely had a, a negative impact on me uh, for a long time, but also had a good impact. I would say too, because you know, you don't want the biggest thing in your life to be something negative. Yeah. Right. right? So yeah. I kind of had this very guilty feeling of, uh, I kept thinking of, like, there was probably a kid, like I was turning 24 that week. My birthday is the 20th. Mm-hmm. So I was 23 when on 9-11. Yeah. And I was just, I remember thinking about and I wasn't happy with that job. Like I didn't like that world. I knew I didn't fit in. Right. right. That's pretty much the narrative of my life. I never really fit in anywhere really. Um, So I, um, I was thinking about the kid across the street and the didn't either. And he was looking out the window and he, he couldn't escape. Like he knew he was going to die there. Right. And I just, I, I really, really tormented me for a long time that there's a kid my age who, who hates his job too, but he, Mm -hmm. he can't escape. He's not going to make it. He's not going to have the chance. Right. Right. So, um, so, um, I just tried to just be a better person. Yeah. I tried, you know, I, I, um, I'm sorry. It's very, it's like 20 years ago, but it's like, you know, you can snap back to it. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I am certain. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But um, so I was like, you know, I got a, I got a responsibility now. I got to kind of, I have to live for these people because they didn't live. So I have to do things to live for them. Right. So I was like, I'm going to start traveling you know, at the time I was like, I haven't been on a plane in a while. And I was like, I ain't going to go on a plane anytime soon. Yeah. So we're going to be driving, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Yeah. but uh, just do like, oh, let's do a trip to Boston. Never been to Boston. Right. And then like, right. I would go to Boston, do things. And I started donating blood, like re- became a, you know, cause like I never really had m- much money. 
Um, yeah. But it was something you could do. You know, I started becoming an avid. I became like an avid blood donor. Yeah. And, um, you know, every time you donate blood, you save up to three lives. So I was like, yeah. I'm going to start donating blood. I'm going to, I'm going to start a band, you yeah. know, and I did. And I got yeah. in a band. So like from playing uh, on my bed, you know, by myself, I, right. I got into a band with a couple of guys right. and played some famous stages in New York city, you know, little, little, you know, little stuff we did for about a year. And then I was like, I'm going back to college to get a master's degree because I am changing my career because I, uh, it wasn't for me. Wall Street yeah. wasn't for me, yeah. obviously. It wasn't for me. I didn't fit in and I didn't want to die there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because at the while while um I was going back to school, there were anthrax attacks happening. People were getting yes. and that was that was one of those letters was next door to where one of the buildings that I we had like a disaster recovery location after 9-11. We never went back to that location. And there was right. where we moved to right next door. Somebody got an anthrax letter. It's like, oh my God. It's like, I, it's like never ending. Right, so for like, right. for like a long time. Living with fear. It was fear. On, 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 on edge, on yeah, fear. Yeah. And um, so I just like, you know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, do stuff. I gotta get into filmmaking again. I gotta do something. So I started, you know, I got a job at a videographer for a, a guy in Jersey and I did every sweet 16 and mm -hmm. in, 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 uh, in South Jersey in the early two thousands, like weddings. Yeah. Uh, I would do some filmmaking stuff. Um, and, um, changed my career. I got into higher education, uh, you know, working in higher education administration, I taught sociology as an adjunct professor for a couple of semesters. I was an academic advisor, eventually at admissions and working in admissions uh, for many years after that. Um, basically trying to, you know, trying to find my way. Yeah. Uh, trying to, uh, you know, have some kind of purpose and kind of respect for those you know, that didn't make it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and also be creative. So I got into right. another, and I got into another band and, you know, we played even bigger shows and, you know, it, it was just nice to touch all the bases to mm -hmm. kind of like do those things. Um, to kind of allow live. something that was negative like that. I mean, that that's very traumatic <clears throat> to go through, but you let yeah. it fuel your different passions. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I think for the most part, um, I, I think I kind of did it really not necessarily, it wasn't just for me. I can you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I think this felt good to do this, but I kind of like in a weird way, kind of like if one of those people can jump inside my body and live that for a moment, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, to be on a stage at Webster hall and play the right. main stage, right. you know, and, right. and do stuff like that. So it's like, you know experience those type of things um yeah. and um uh I, I you know after like 10 years i remember i was like i have to i have to really i mean you'll never really get over stuff like that but i was like i have to move on because you know i was gonna have a kid at the time and it's mm -hmm. like I, I wanted to travel you know bring her to disney world like my parents brought me and stuff i was like i gotta snap out of this yeah and uh, yeah. i gotta start flying again so i remember i took a trip to boston um on a plane it was mm -hmm. a, it was a, obviously it was a 
it was a you know it's a very small flight but it didn't matter i just needed to get in the zone like yeah it, it's like as soon as i sat down i took off i was like i'm back you know yeah. <laughs> i was like that's all i needed i'm like you know just had um, to do it got to do it and then yeah. and i've been flying nonstop since then obviously not last year because of this whole freaking pandemic yeah <laughs> but um but yeah you know so you try you know i try to be the, the best i can be i'm obviously a human i'm not perfect um and uh but it really to- i mean i'm that you really can't get much more perspective than that right yeah of you totally um and i re- well around that the early 2000s i i met you know um i would hang out this bar down the street from me uh where i was living on the north shore uh mm-hmm. it's called a cargo cafe and this is kind of like the famous cargo cafe i always talk about in in uh in podcasts or whatever yeah yeah um this is where i met sal volcano and uh brian quinn mm-hmm. and i got connected with those guys from what would become impractical jokers so i got to be friends with them and and uh, a lot of people that hung out in the, in that bar it was it was an interesting place because it was on the north shore of Staten Island, and it was um, you know there was conservative people that hung out there mm-hmm. and lefty liberals and punks and you know yeah. this and the other, but everybody came together in there. Yeah, so it was like yeah. this magical place. It was like Cheers, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, I got to make a lot of sketch videos with um with uh, the tenderloins which is became the impractical jokers yeah uh, so they kind of like um I, I i'm always grateful for them because at the time i was very like lost you know that came after 9-11 yeah afterwards yeah i came afterwards and i met them and and i'm always will be grateful for them because they kind of made me i guess well beside from being very funny just kind of like watching them their worth ethic and then getting the level of success that they have it's just Mm -hmm. nice to it's nice to know that it can happen yeah and to be near it Um, right and i'm sure it's probably nice i mean i'm they had the drive you you admire that but you also admire it happening to people that you also yeah. enjoyed and like yeah and, yeah, yeah. I, absolutely it was good Success to see it happen. for people you really love and care so, about it amazing. was like it was like yeah. oh thank god somebody yeah. made it like yeah. out of this whole thing it's yeah. like well, yes you know we're just happy to see somebody make it and, yeah um yeah. they really you know did a lot of great stuff with that and it was and you know and like um uh brian quinn kind of like he came he kind of kept me around over the years i he has a a podcast that he does uh, called tell him steve dave with the guys yeah. from comic book men and yeah i'm kind of like i'm kind of like a character on that show sometimes yeah. I get to, over the years That's so he awesome. keeps me around you know he keep, keep, keeps me around um <laughs> so yeah so it's been a very odd odd journey over the years but you know I, i'll always kind of feel out of place i'm still tr- yeah. i'm still looking you know i'm still yeah. searching. um yeah i mean that's you know, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I'm still, still 43 years old, still kind of trying to Search, figure it all out. Searching still for searching. your place. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started doing those things with them, like what, what would you, would you be part of like the production? What were you part yeah. of? Like primarily I was a cameraman. 
And, okay. uh, and then I would have like small parts, like, you know, like, yeah, like supporting like cast stuff, but like they it was always focused on them because they're right. the stars of it. Yeah. So I, yeah. they, you know, so I would myself and then several other, you know, regulars, I would say would, would be involved, uh, to like reliable people yeah um, so, some classically trained actors whatever right and, right and then some not i mean me i was just i knew how to you know hold a camera steady you know i, I you know i have experience with with cameras not a classically trained actor at all or anything i mean right. i did take uh i did go to upright citizens brigade theater to take improv classes cool. while i was with um, yeah not be uh somebody in front of the camera but yeah. just to kind of understand the world, like, and try to maybe it'll make me be a better cameraman to kind of like yeah. know the verbiage and the things that they're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, it was kind of like more like research. Um, so, yeah, so I got to do a lot of cool projects over the years uh, with them and, uh, you know, with other people. Um, just to kind of like, you know, not go crazy uh 100% like you know from the day job you know and just yeah. kind of like have like your own thing you know on the side to keep you uh to keep you level yeah when did art come into your life because you're you're quite the painter um I was yeah I don't even do that anymore but no, uh, you, you hit the pause I, you know, on that I don't know what it was I well this is this is really interesting I I'm trying to remember where I got it from, but maybe I was watching something on TV, uh, not TV, on YouTube or something. And I saw like, you know, like fluid painting. I started messing around with those. Then I started doing stuff with like palette knives, but I started to post them. And I remember one guy I'm friends with, he's like, oh, by the way, how much do you want for that? I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was like, make me an offer. I don't know. And he, <laughs> And he, and he, you know, made a, a, a nice offer. I was like, oh shit. And I sold it and I wound up selling in a year's time over 300 paintings. Wow. Good and for that you. Was, but I will say it's because of the podcast yeah. that I was on. Yeah. Because a lot of the people that purchased the paintings were fans of the show. So it was kind of right. like a souvenir of the show. Yeah. So people would post pictures of like my art on the wall. And then like next to them is like, my friends like Sal yeah. and them pictures. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. So it's like that should even go there, but whatever. Right. Hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Paintings. I know. I, I tell paintings. I tell like real <laughs> artist friends of mine that they're like, dude, whatever you sold it, that's all. Yeah, that yeah. So I sold like over 300 uh, across the world, Australia, that's crazy, England, um, and Canada, and uh, mostly the United States. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like another thing. It's like, oh shit. You know, I was like, did, did any of these famous painters ever sell that money? No, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> so there you <laughs> go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it, but it was like another, what, what ended that for you? You just, the well just dried up. Like yeah. I have paintings all over here right now. There's stuff all over Yeah, uh, where I am sitting in the basement and you know, it, it just eventually just dried up. I was like, you know, I'm just going to stop it. Yeah. You know, I, I guess you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Like I, I, I used the money that I made like that year to, to go on vacation with mm -hmm. my family. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so you never know. It might, it might come into play. It might come back. Day. Sometimes I think about, it, I'm like, Oh, should I do it? It's like, Oh, then I got to buy all the paints. 
like yeah i got like i got like one like this is like one left <laughs> and like one of these like you know i, I that's about Tonight, it you're I, just gonna start pouring i know <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna start you know i still have the the palette knives and brushes here let's see oh there you go i know this is not a visual he, medium he's but i'm showing, showing it off people i'm showing all the the look tools of the brushes. trade look at those nice brushes yeah so well kept yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i try to stay creative uh you, you then, have to right like you, yeah you, you definitely need that piece so, yeah. so what goes on in your day day to day like what's the what's the schedule what's the work situation looking like so work these days is um is is at home so i work yeah. for the city university of new york i work for baruch college mm -hmm. um and uh, i haven't been to manhattan in over a year well in a, a year yeah so i'm hoping to go back there soon just to uh, you need like special permission you got to fill like all these forms if you want to go now yeah but, like we're not being asked to go back to the office yet formally mm -hmm. but you can get you can go but i am gonna oh, go okay. just i'm gonna go just like one day out of the week just to kind of like reconnect yeah. with like civilization sure um because at the time too like another thing i was trying at the beginning of 2020 mm -hmm. um i started exercising more and I, I definitely exercise more during this pandemic, but at the beginning of, of 2020, I started getting into martial arts. Like oh, I was doing okay. a Brazilian jujitsu, which again, mm -hmm. it's like, like, where would that even come from? I, I forgot how I even <laughs> said, I have to do this. Like something like came to me in a dream, whatever. The moment. Yeah. And I, and I found this place um, called clockwork jujitsu plug mm -hmm. uh, in New York city where they were just wonderful people like the guys yeah. that owned that 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 owned it and the students that went there it's like none of this like tough guy mentality or whatever because yeah. i am not i'm a very fragile man <laughs> i mean i cry during star wars for christ's sake <laughs> you um, look for it <laughs> i look for it i'm like i need to cry um but uh it's wonderful people yeah and it was vibes. just a great yeah great vibes great uh workout too like a lot of you know cardio but mm -hmm. it's grappling you're on the floor like you know close quarters with people yeah, trying to yeah. trying to tr strangle them to death yeah <laughs> um so i can't wait to do that again when i'm you know vaccinated uh yeah and that's you know that that'd be in manhattan so i would go back and do that but yeah that's pretty much get, get your feet wet soon and go back into the office yeah, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Um, That's good. So yeah, yeah, work is pretty much at home on a laptop. Uh, can't wait to just go back in. Um, yeah, get it's off gonna, this island. It's gonna be good. And uh, perspective again, right? Like once, once this is said and done, I think everyone will have a little bit of a different uh, view on things, or at least you hope. Yeah. Right? Do you do you have? Uh, like these anxiety dreams about being without a mask do you get those no. like you have a dream and like you're, you're around I people and like have, i oh no i'm lying i actually did have that just the other night i'm lying to you yes but that was the first time dreams. it was like a crowd of people yeah i'm like at a taylor because he was like it's okay it's fine i was like no it's not i i, I have these dreams sometimes where it's like we know it's a pandemic and mm -hmm. there's nobody wearing masks. We're talking about it. And I'm like starting to cover my mouth with my hand. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. I need to get away from you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 
<laughs> I wonder if I'm going to do that in real life. I mean, yeah. on Staten Island, nobody wears friggin' masks walking outside, uh, except, you know, when they're in stores, people are good. But like, yeah. I wear two masks when I'm walking around. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you're in stores, are they wearing them? Yeah. In stores, or like they're good. kind of wearing, they're like yeah, on their nose. Sometimes that, that under their get, nose. And... Yeah. That, that gets me crazy seeing that sometimes. But the, I have to say, people have been good with that. But outside walking around, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I know they say, oh, it's, it won't, you can't really get it outside. I don't want to take the chance. Yeah. It's hard. And it's you're there's past a lot. Someone unknown variables you know especially now we're entering the new phase of just different variants and you know whatever so it's got to play by the rules for this one yeah Mm -hmm. you want to play a game speaking of playing Oh, I want God, I want the most uh, nervous part of the, the, the show the word, <laughs> word the word association. <laughs> I mean, you you could keep it simple. You can add to it, whatever sure. you want to do, Christopher. Okay. OK, OK. So we're going to fast forward through your feelings. OK. Oh, boy. All right. A word, a little something. You tell me what you think of. OK, right. you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Turning point. Um, clarity. Okay. Confidence. Um, confidence. Uh, <laughs> lacking. <laughs> We're gonna. That's that's the new goal. Yeah, I uh, I, I think my um any magics that I've got to do in my life came from not being confident and kind of like uh, um, proving myself, I guess, wrong. Well, good. That means you're strong enough to prove yourself wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's also like, you know what? I don't even care anymore. (laughs) It's like, I don't like when you don't like when you just don't care, like to, have to prove anything like i don't need to prove anything to anybody like i just don't give a shit and then i find yeah. when i don't give a shit i probably do much better mm-hmm. with things because i guess that there's an anxiety that goes away yeah 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 i think that's that's true for probably everyone right i've done like i'm thinking like on job interviews like i think I, like i go in there mm-hmm. with like i don't need this fucking job vibe and i usually wind up getting the call back <laughs> yeah like, yeah 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 it's like oh not bad yeah. I, Jedi, I mind trick myself right right <laughs> There you go. Plant seed. You got to plant seed. Mm. Um, may, and I, I wonder if that um, makes you feel like you're, you never fit in. Right. Is it is it the confidence? I don't know. I, I, I guess as a kid, I was always like a shy kid. Not so much. Not really anymore. But mm-hmm. I always I just always felt like I didn't belong there. Like I didn't yeah. belong, whatever group I was in or whatever. I just, I just didn't feel like I belong. I understand that. I, I definitely can relate to that. For me, I think it's always been the, um, you know, looking back now, I think that in all of my situations, I was always just very in my own head, which I think can, can make you feel a little like alone or misunderstood or yeah, because you're just busy. <clears throat> You're busy, yeah, oh, yeah. preoccupied I'm, up there. And then yeah. it makes a, you kind of feel a little like, you know, like you don't fit in. Yeah. 
So shame. Um, oh boy. I don't know. Makes me think of an Alice in Chains song. <laughs> well, there you go. It does. Yeah. No, shame in you is Alice in Chains song. So there I'll, you go. Yeah. There you go. Happiness. Uh, Kristen, my daughter. Your beautiful daughter. How old is she? 10 going on Ten. like 20. 10 going on 20. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared. Yes. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Kristen. Um, control. Um, like need to be <laughs> with some things. Yeah. Hard to have too sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which can be scary, like mm-hmm. when you're when you're like you know, waiting on like something that is out of your control, like what other powers that be. Um, that I, yeah, when you when you when you don't when you can't fully, you know, have the hold of the steering wheel. That's not uh, that's not fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Despise. Uh, despise, um, ignorance. Bravo. That's a good one. Thank you. (laughs) Time. Uh, finite. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. yeah. Faith. Universe. Put it out into the universe, right? Yeah, I've been like, you know, raised Catholic, but obviously have issues with the church and all that stuff. And so I do pray actually every night, mm-hmm. but I say, please God or universe. And I, you know, mm-hmm. pray for family, friends. So right. I put it out there to yeah. the powers that be, if there are any. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, just yeah, please just look listen. out for my yeah. friends, my family, yeah, and and, and, yeah. and me if possible. Yeah, yeah. Disney. Um, <clears throat> I could think of maybe one word, but I think I would not going to go with one word. I, I, when I think of Disney, I think of how you know when you're in that experience in a park. Mm-hmm. Forget about the films and stuff. Forget about all that stuff. But when you're in the park and how people are, like people that work there, obviously they're putting together like this, you know, this world they're creating and like how other people that visitors react to it. Mm-hmm. We can take that outside of the gates of the park and live like that <laughs> and respect each other. And, yeah. you know, it yeah. doesn't have to be in this make-believe place. It can right, be right. outside the, you know, outside the parking lot and into the mm-hmm. world. Yeah, I guess. um, um, Interesting. And it seems so simple, right? That notion. Yeah. It should be. It should be. Scared. Uh, Dying young. Yeah. Terrifying. Think about it every day. It's a tough one. Always thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It can consume you for sure. And it's we talked a, about that with 
on your podcast um, think about it all the time and with kids it's it no it's intense you know all of a sudden i never was that way and now it's like it's very different yeah yeah um where are we here where was i oh guilt um that's a tough one i guess Hmm. I've stumped him. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like I, you know, there's like, you know, you get like survivor's guilt like with things. So and you think like are you living the the best way possible? Like are you doing the best you can? And mm-hmm. there are days that you are and there are days that you're not. I definitely feel guilty about that. Those um, days that you feel yeah, like those you're days, not. Yeah, those days where I'm not, you know, living up to the expectations that I put on for myself. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. It, seems, so it seems like you have high expectations too, so. Mm. I guess. <laughs> Passion. Um, art. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Kind of encompasses all of the yeah. creative stuff that you appreciate, right? Yeah. Journey. Uh, never ending. Habit. Um. Got any bad ones? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say they were bad. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, I would say I don't have any. I don't know if I have any bad habits. I'm a, I guess not saying to everyone that I'm a vegan, but boom, I just did. <laughs> boom gotcha (laughs) he's a vegan i was actually gonna put that on here just in case we didn't touch on that i was curious when it happened like when did you become Uh, i was i was a vegetarian a couple years before i was a vegan i became a vegan when i guess just before or when my my daughter was born my daughter's a vegan Mm -hmm. my wife's a vegan and yeah we're all it's a vegan household Okay. It's a very that makes ex- it a lot easier, right? All across That's the board. Very expensive. Sure. And and, and it should. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it it should not be to yeah. eat to eat to eat well should not be uh, an expense. It's, it's sad. Yeah. yeah. It's not fair. But... It is not fair. Yeah. Yeah. That shouldn't be a luxury, right? Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, art. Um. Inspiration. And proud. Son. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you. I, uh, this is like one of my favorite shows, so it's very nervous for me (laughs) to do this. So I I have to say thank you for that. You know, you really, you, you kind of, I have a couple people that have um, 
you know, I, I kind of felt a little desperate this year in a lot of ways. And I, as, as of so many people, right. I mean, that's kind of a general state, I think for a lot of people right now, but, um, you know, I've had a couple of people that pushed me a little bit with art and, you know, doing the podcasts. And I, I want to say thank you to you for that. Cause oh, you've thank you shared some very nice words with me and, you know, it's been fun becoming friends and yeah, I appreciate I, it. Th- same here. And, uh, you really are like and Tommy and I, um, we were talking about, um, you know, your show and stuff. Uh, and you really are a great interviewer. So thank you for that. Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to ask you, you can be like a, a, like a serious satellite radio DJ. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You never know. I mean, I'll take different opportunities. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I I don't know. It's kind of, it's tricky to get, you know, try and navigate where what's possible and what you can do and all that. So I'm just taking it day by day, but uh, we'll see. I enjoy people, you know, they really, it was just funny because I, I am, I always was very shy as a kid, but I think just being a hairstylist kind of like forced me to get over that Yeah, with a one-on-one. You're, you're touching people. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you know? you're in their space. You're yeah. physically touching them. You're getting to know them. And I quickly learned that that part was equally as beneficial as it was for the client, as it was for me. So um, I, I really appreciate talking to you and thank you. you coming on and sharing all of what you shared with me. I mean, we talked some some deep stuff and in a short span of time, but uh, I appreciate you sharing that with me and uh, getting to know you a little more. Thank you. I hope so please tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, so if you want to hear more. Uh sad guy of course antics. they want to hear more <laughs> oh so um <laughs> i do a podcast uh with my friend tommy lombardozzi it's called the hoof uh and you can there's another hoof there's like a hoof about like i think football and like actual horses i Ours didn't is notice the, that yeah yeah i tried to uh send in a review for you guys and i was i didn't notice them before but i did <laughs> notice that yeah so we're we're like on everything on iTunes, all that stuff, Spotify, whatever. But if you can follow the Instagram, uh, it's the hoof underscore podcast. Uh, it's we've had um, you know celebrity guests on like yourself, yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, just uh, two uh, New York guys with really heavy New York accents <laughs> being silly and keeping being it real, miserable middle aged men. Uh, <laughs> but uh it's it's fun it's fun it's fun give it a listen for sure um great guests and and really the two of you a good dynamic just just those episodes too are fun to listen to so thank you you're welcome (laughs) we're pretty much we're about to kill each other or something (laughs) it's funny it's entertaining it is and and the (laughs) dynamic and just how it all started is really fun so yeah so yeah, um, and who knows? Maybe we'll see some more art from Chris too. One of these possible. days, <laughs> anything's possible. Didn't think it would be possible the first time, so you never know what's coming down the pike. You never know, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank I'll you. talk to you soon. Take care. Bye, Chris. Bye.